That's right, folks. The Bevo Boys are back again. It is yet another Texas football season upon us. That means we're going to be bringing you podcasts every week, recapping just how our boys do on the field. If you forgot, let's give you a refresher. I'm Joe Scanlon, and the guy on the other side of the mic is Creighton Branch. Creighton, it's been a while. How you doing? Hello. Doing good? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm ready to... uh... If you guys were happy about the uh, break, don't worry. We are here to bother you again for the next solid 17. Oh, we'll be doing it year-round with football, but the next 16 or so weeks is going to be pretty hardcore. So just get ready for the ups and downs. That is the roller coaster of Texas Longhorns football. Hey, you you took the words out of my mouth, Creighton. And yes, folks, that's right. We are now a football podcast. You read the title. We are now a football podcast. We tried the basketball. We tried the baseball. It just wasn't it's working. It's not because we're incompetent. No, it's no, not because no. we're incompetent. It just wasn't working. You got to look at the we numbers. We know what we're talking about. You got to look at the numbers. If you Thank don't look you. At the no- if you don't have the numbers, what do you have? I'm so. definitely, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to be back doing this uh we let the uh off season breathe a little bit just let some you know we stopped on that 50th episode thank you to everybody uh for giving us a reason to continue doing it and uh you know just let the off season breathe and let everybody figure out their things and uh in terms of the sporting world and we you know let chips fall and now we are here with the official team there's no more rumors or uh, you know, uh, NIL deals or, uh, transfers. This is the team and I'm ready. I'm ready to get in on this season, Joe. I'm ready to see where we can go with this 2022 Texas Longhorns football program. All right, let's get into it on this episode. We're going to talk about, of course, the Louisiana Monroe game. We're going to talk a little bit about the recruiting trail because ah, we did get a certain someone at quarterback, for the 2023 class, we will, of course, you already know who it is, but we're going to let you know again, and then we'll, of course, preview the Alabama game, and uh, there might be some surprises with that preview. Uh, a lot of people counting us out. I, you know, I beg to differ, I think. So, let's start with this Louisiana. I'm going to go ahead and say everybody's counting us out. Yeah, no, I think you're right. <laughs> Even our own fans are counting us out. That's pretty bad. We'll get into that <laughs> later. But, uh, Louisiana Monroe. So, first game of the year for the Longhorns. Pretty much a cakewalk. Although, didn't feel like it after the first offensive drive. <laughs> yeah. When yours, first, first drive as a college athlete, uh, he throws an interception. Yeah. Um, I, I will admit, I was a little worried because I had seen the practice reports of him throwing interceptions. And then, I mean, that his first pass to X in the end zone just floated. It was just like, I'm never coming down. And, it, you know, all, that was almost <laughs> picked too. But I think he settled in very well, finished 16 of 24 mm-hmm. for 225 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the one thing about Quinn that I will say, first of all, I guess I should let people know if you didn't know, if you were living under a rock, Texas won 52 to 10. But in the beginning, it didn't look like it was going to be this big of a blowout. So, back to Quinn. He can, damn, he can throw a check down, man. He can throw a check down. <laughs> you know down. what? I'm glad you said that. Because I thought about that like 20 times during the game. I said, yo, 
That's going to work. <laughs> right now, like, uh, if gonna... PFF's doing a uh, NFL comparison, it's probably Carson Wentz. So, uh, yeah. No, he, oh. he can throw a dang check down, that's for sure. Uh, mm. the, the deep passes, not great. But I'm going to give him credit. I, it's his first game. He hadn't played a snap. He, okay, other than the two handoffs at Ohio State. He hadn't played football since his junior yeah. year of high school state championship game i mean think about how long that actually is i mean that's well over two years of not of i mean barely getting i mean you could virtually say just no meaningful game in-game reps practice is one thing but everybody knows like the in-game reps that's where you you really get better and you start seeing things and think about that i mean and they i mean so that and, and the the south lake game that he last played in that was a that was a December game. So not even we didn't even go into the new year with him playing. So think about that from December of whatever it was 2019 2020 and up to now. I mean, we are that's almost a solid 2 years worth of not even playing a snap of meaningful football time. So yeah. Was it 2019? Was it Oh man, it's hard. I no, I think it was 2020 cuz yeah. I was I was there and that was a Weird COVID year because that was the first year that. They... Oh no! It was 2020 because they played at uh, yeah. the Ranger Stadium, and uh, in 2019 it hadn't the Ranger Stadium hadn't switched over yet. Yeah, yeah, because 2020. This is just a small rant. Uh, that was the first year they made people buy tickets based oh. off the game instead of the day because of COVID, so everything sold out so quick. Thanks, UIL. Anyway. Anyways, back to the game. So yeah, Quinn, calm down. Looks good except for the deep ball and. Man, I he, he I think he's gonna he's gonna figure it out. Now, unfortunately, he needs to figure it out really quick <laughs> because we're playing in five days. He, <laughs> by the time this podcast is dropping, we he's got two. He's got two days. He's got Sheesh. two days to figure it out. But uh, I think he will. Hudson Card came in, went four for five. But you know, even the announcer said he holds the ball too long. He does. He still does. And, and I. I will say it before. I said it before. I say it again. Hudson Card is a practice quarterback. They made it seem like he was in contention with Quinn Ewers. It was very clear. Quinn, what is the guy? Mm-hmm. As far as when it comes to game reps, I don't. You know, that's just that, my opinion. That's a that's a good point. Uh, I like that you said that because, um, I do believe. Like I do believe that Steve like really likes Hudson. Um, and I mean he. I mean I'm sure he is a like an awesome kid, and I think that that's something that. Uh, you know, it's sometimes difficult. Uh, you know, it's like you got one guy that, I mean, I'm sure they're both good kids, but I mean, you have one that's like su- supremely talented and the other one is like finding his way, but he's a really good kid. And you, you hate to have to sit him after what you did last year. And I think that Steve, you know, um, didn't struggle with that decision, but it's definitely, I think, in the back of his mind. And so uh, that's a that's a good point that, you know, Hudson – Honestly, I mean, you could see probably it was not as close as you would as it was made out to believe uh, in the entire off season, uh, in terms of the quarterback battle, because yeah, it's I mean, one play is all you need to see. Yo, like these guys are born differently, and that's just the God given talent of Quinn Ewers. Yeah, no, and I agree, and so. We're riding with Quinn because I think you gotta go with the young guy in this situation, and you know, you know, a little uh, foreshadowing for later. I think having a young guy in a game like the Alabama game, I think it's going to 
do something. I, I think people think it's a negative. I think it's positive. I'll explain why in a bit. Let's yeah, hold that point because I want to piggyback off of that when we yes, when we yeah, get to yeah, Alabama. Yeah, That's a really yeah, good yeah, point. Really, I good have point. A, I have an example. I have an example, and you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. So let's look at the rushing. Let's look at the rushing. It. Nothing, nothing crazy here except that our running back room is the best in the goddamn college football land. Oh my <laughs> god, Bijan Robinson, ten carries, seventy-one yards, and a touchdown. Got that nice receiving touchdown. Roshan five for thirty-four with a touchdown. Jonathan Brooks six for thirty-two with a touchdown. I tell you what, man. Bijan's gonna leave after this year, go to the NFL, get his money, even though he's already getting that money. Don't say that. Don't come, say oh, that. Oh, come on. I don't want come, him to yeah, go. well, we all know he's gonna go. Come on, man. This dude's running <laughs> behind. He he has been running behind a non-existent O line the last two years. I mean, and we'll get to the O line in a second. But I mean, Bijan Mustardson, Bijan Robinson, whatever you want to call him, get his mustard, <laughs> buy his mustard. But uh, he's he's a dude. He is the best running back in college football. There's not much else to say about it. He 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 did what he was supposed to do. I do you have any thoughts on Bijan? Because I think that yeah, I think it's uh, I think my first thought that I was really happy to see was, I think I was gonna be like okay. I mean I I didn't think I mean, you know if you if you followed the kid at any point in Arizona, you know the talent that he had, um, and then you saw it when he got to Texas for his first year. So. Uh, I don't think that, you know, I don't think you could have said, oh, well, was that a fluke season? Because he's been doing it, honestly, for probably four or five, more more like almost five or six years at this point. It was more of a, okay, is he going to be as dominant as he was last year? And, the like, the first, literally the first handoff that he got, I mean, it wasn't a big handoff. Uh, I think it went for, like, five or six yards. But in that process, I, he broke a tackle. And that, I was like, all right. I was like, this kid hasn't missed a step. I was like, he's not going to need to take any time to get you know refreshed into game game mode. I was like, he's ready to go. And I think that that was one of the like the really exciting factors of the game that I thought um, for his, for a team only playing UL Monroe and winning by as much as we did. I still believe there was a ton that we can pull out of this game, and this is one of them. The Bijan Robinson situation. Um, I I mean. I'm, I can't think, honestly, Joe. Now, I mean, we say this a bunch. I mean, I got it. Because there's Bryce Young and there's Will Understand on both on the same team. And then you have, I mean, Caleb Williams is doing his thing in, you know, L.A. and stuff like that. But can you think of five players? Like, if you're thinking of five Heisman finalists. I mean, nope. Bryce Young, Caleb Williams. That's about it. Bijan's got to be on that, like, on that potential list. Casey right? Thompson first half of the Northwestern game. Oh yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came back. Then he came, then, then he crashed back down to earth. But uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I would right. I think that I think Bijan's gonna have a chance to really make some noise this year. Whether that's, I'm not saying it's gonna be astronomical numbers, but you can see, man, when he gets the ball, I'm gonna say it right now. I don't think there's anybody that cuts as well as no. he does in the entire nation. No. I mean, that dude cuts. It's a it's a beautiful thing to watch the way he cuts left to right. I mean, he'll make you miss like like the mustard thing. I mean, you know, break your taste buds ankles. Like I mean, it's just it's really, I had to get that this, in there. This somehow. podcast so, not sponsored by Bijan Mustardson. Just want to point that out. No, but man, if I had to pick a first sponsor for this podcast, 
You better believe that's what I did. All right, Bichon, I know you're listening. You heard it. We'd love to partner with you. I loved, I loved the way that this kid runs, and he's so stocky, and he's and he's so hard to bring down still. And I think that was the most exciting thing for me to see. uh, Literally, even more than so than Quinn Ewers, because I think he'll figure his stuff out. Was can Bijan Robinson pick right up where he left off and be that that focal point that this offense team, offensive team. I'm sorry, offensive side needs. Uh, and I think he answered the question, man. I mean, I'm excited to see what he does on Saturday because he's going to make a name for himself if he can get over 100-something yards. You want to you want to like talk about like not everybody knowing him or enough people knowing him? Like He will be put on a national podium if he, if he goes nuts in the Alabama yeah, game. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and we also got to talk, you know, Roshan, you know, he had that injury. Looked, he looked fine to me. They didn't use him very much, of course, you know. Why? I have Louisiana Monroe. I gotta tell you, man. You're right. Um, I'm not sure there's gonna be a player on this team when they leave that I'll be more sad to not see than Roshan Johnson. Honestly, he's he's been I mean, he's been reliable. Honestly, I mean he's been I he like I was fortunate enough to get to watch him play a couple of uh, games at quarterback live, and that was I was I loved him from the first snap that he was doing that, and then they switched him to running back, and I was like, let's see what he's got. And now it's gone to the point, Joe, where he does just about every. He's on special teams too, right? I think so. On kickoff, so, yeah, yeah, like right. That. Punt. I think he's. I think so. Um, but he just does everything, and I. I just. I was just thinking about it, man. When he's like, when number two is not there on the field anymore, like I'm gonna be pretty sad about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, like it sucks. It's gonna suck not seeing him. He's been such a good, just a good, uh, like piece of concrete for this team through all the turmoil we've had over the past few years but the good news texas fans is even though Bijan's gonna leave and roshan's a senior he'll be out the door jonathan brooks looked very good Oof. and he's gonna be a stud uh so get ready for the future longhorn fans because that kid that kid can can be as good as Bijan robinson i think in a year or two of development so mm-hmm. he is picking up right where he left off with this high school i mean he was running over everybody in high school, and he looks like he's going to be hard to stop uh, when he takes over the one, the carries, the one carries, uh, whenever Bijan does decide to leave. I'm excited that he was one of the most uh, exciting prospects that we we recruited a year or so ago, and it's good to see him up in pads, actually getting snaps uh, in-game, and it's nice to see that he, I mean, he got... 32 yards. Good to see that he got some action. I love that. Uh, he's gonna be, he's gonna be a lot of fun in the coming years. For sure. Let's move over to the receivers real quick, and uh, you know, same old, same old. Whittington had three catches. You know, solid game for him. Worthy had two catches, which we didn't really need to use a lot of them because mm-hmm. it's Louisiana Monroe. But the surprise. He's a stud too. Sur- who? Xavier Worthy. Oh yeah, he's a. Is that yeah, what you said? I said, I said, yeah, I said they're both studs. We know what we're going to get from them, so it's okay that they didn't have a lot of catches. Oh, I will say this before you move on. Every time Jordan Whittington catches a ball, does your, like, does your heart yeah, just not stop bit. and just, like, a waits for, bit. like, waits for, like, something to go wrong? Bit. I already like... dubbed him the next Jonathan uh, Taylor. So, no, not Jonathan oh, Taylor. Oh, no, what was it? Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan Gray? Gray, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, every time he either comes down with the ball or starts running or makes a cut, I'm like... Oh, God, here yeah. we go. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully he stays healthy this year. Biggest surprise for me, Jatavion Sanders. That Woo. boy looked good. We finally have a tight end. 
Oh, man, that's – and I think that's going to be – and we'll get into that with the Alabama game, but that's going to be a huge key for us this year is having a tight end that can mm-hmm. – as, as, as athletic and can get up and get the ball like Jatavion Sanders. And you said – you told me. You said I expected this. You're like, I'm glad to see this is kind of working out here. Yeah, because – and I, I think also I think this shows the brilliance of Steve Sarkeesian. Um, one uh, – Jatavion Sanders, man, uh, before I get into what that means with Steve, uh, that kid is just an all-around talent. And I, I think that what's one of the biggest things, and I'm sure we've said it on this podcast over the years, um, that Texas has really been hindered by, and it's honestly having a reliable tight end. I mean, we haven't, like, I mean, I could think of, not since the Mac Brown days, even the late Mac Brown days didn't have one, but like the middle middle Mac Brown era we 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 had some reliable ones but since then it's been that long since we could dump it off to a tight end or use them efficiently and that has been a really weak point for Texas that we've we've scrapped them out of the game plan for a, at least a solid decade because there's been no use I tell you what and so, I tell you what Creighton Shavion Sanders is the next David Thomas I'll take it. Except I'll he's take better. It. I, I think, think he's that, better than David Thomas. But oh yeah, yeah. The kid, the kid, yeah, the kid bleeds talent for crying out loud. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, I think I watched. I watched him. God, almost. I watched almost every game of his at Den Ryan, and I got to see him live in the championship game, and he went nuts. And I was like, okay, it's like this kid's gonna do something at Texas. Um, but the thing was, where I'm getting with that was at the time of him at Den Ryan, he was labeled as just an overall athlete. He did not have a position, and that's what he was doing in Denton. Uh, He was playing safety, and he was also running back and wide receiver. And when Tom had recruited him, the way Tom was talking, um, you really didn't know where Jatavion was going to go, but it definitely, I'll tell you this right now, it definitely wasn't going to be tight end. I think that he wanted him either at, I mean, I think that he was leaning towards safety, um, but this speaks to the brilliance of Steve Sarkeesian. I'm not quite sure the former coaching staff even thought about Jatavion really playing like hardcore snaps at the tight end position. And that's where Steve first slots him in and look, look how profitable that, that was on Saturday. I, to, I mean, it's a brilliant move. I'm going to say this. I, he could be the next Kyle Pitts. He's got the athleticism. Oh, he's that big. He's, he's, he is he's, absolutely he's that big. He's got the athleticism and he's that big. He can be the next Kyle Pitts. He, gone are the days yeah, of the huge. Jason Witten tight end where they're these big old <laughs> white dudes who can block and then they rumble for, you know, 20 yards mm-hmm. maybe after a catch. Chevion Sanders can blow by you when he gets the chance. So, And I wish everybody could stand next to him because <laughs> that dude's legs are ridiculous how big they – I mean, that guy is, is a strong you-know-what, and I love him. Um, and the talent he brings. And I don't think that's out of the question to say that he resembles a Kyle Pitts and can easily be the spinning image of him in, in his tenure at Texas. To round out the offense real quick before we get touch on the defense, because, again, you know, Louisiana Monroe, 10 points for the defense. There's going to be some players we need to talk about, but, you know, overall defensive solid performance. Uh, O-line surprised me. I thought they did pretty well considering they're very young. God dang it, Kelvin, protect yourself, man. Like, he went down, and I, <laughs> I immediately, like, crumpled to the floor of my apartment because oh, no. that dude's a monster. He is huge. That dude's legit. He's 18, 19, 18, something like that, and he's, he's 
Oh, he's huge. Let me see if I can figure out how much he how much he's he weighs. He's definitely over like what? Three, he's got to be. There's three guys over three. So he's six foot what? What do you think he is? Six foot. I think he's like I'm six six height. three. I think he's six six like three. Yeah, I was about to say. He's got to be. Golly. He's a big dude. Uh, he's a that big dude. dude, and he's gonna be very good. And uh, I, I'm in. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm kind of shocked we didn't see uh, Devin Campbell. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, we saw him near the end, but uh, maybe there. Maybe he needs a little more development. I, I'm not sure, but the O line I think did pretty well. I mean, they did give up three sacks to Louisiana Monroe. They are gonna be facing an Alabama defensive front that it's really, really good. But uh, I think I think they'll be able to hold their own. And uh, so you know, I just want to give props to the O line. I mean, yeah, they. Uh, I I think both lines. Uh, have a lot of potential, but I what I love the, I'm a big Jake Majors guy. Yeah. I think we've talked about him yep. a bunch on this show. We're both big Jake Majors fans, and uh, it seems like he is just getting like bigger and bigger by the minute. Every time I see him, he's like bigger than the time before, and that's exactly what you want. But I mean, he's six three three fifteen. Um, that dude's that dude is a he's a lot bigger than he was in high school. It, it was just so funny. I'm trying to see. Oh, Kelvin. Six five three eight. I was close. Hey. I mean, what fresh? What what freshman is three six five three eight? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's a, oh, it's ridiculous. I'm glad to see Sarkeesian's not pulling the Tom Herman car and going for those athletic O linemen. Sarkeesian's like, we're getting some big boys. We're putting them in there, and they're gonna block for our quarterback. Yeah. Like, this will definitely. I think that this line, once they figure it out, uh, just kind of how to gel together, because everybody knows it's kind of. Uh, Really, that's what you need in an offensive line. Once they figure that out, I mean, it's going to be hard to get through. And I don't think that Quinn had not that it should. I know it's Monroe, um, but I don't think Quinn had that many uh, pressure pressure situations. Did he? I don't think so. I don't. I don't recall. So I don't recall very many. Um, And oh, Logan Parr's another one. Six foot. We like Logan. I mean, there's these guys are just. These guys are ridiculous, and I think yeah, I mean that that and that goes as well for the the defensive side too. Both lines, Steve and that and this staff, have really worked on building. Um, yeah. God, snacks is three. Yeah, about to say yeah. Uh, yeah he's, just he's, like, he's, he's he's a big boy. Sorry, I'm looking he's at a the weight. And yeah. you know, speaking of the defense, but, speaking of Coburn, I mean Coburn played played pretty well. Uh, three tackles and a sack for him, and then but a surprise for me was Baron Sorrell. Six tackles. Oh yes, a sack and a half, and two tackles for loss. He he flashed off my screen a couple times, like to the point where I was like, okay. I was like, okay. I was like, all right. I mean, JD definitely. Too, I think he's gonna make. Yes, both. I think they're both gonna make a name for themselves in this uh, this year. I don't know how many games that will take, but I guarantee. Oh, I don't guarantee, but I. Uh, I have a pretty strong feeling, Joe, by the end of, I don't know, say the start of November or something, we're going to be talking about them yep. a lot, about being like two really key points on I this agree. team. Uh, they're going to be able to get, you know, get what they want, and that's exciting. And uh, we'll move on to the, the secondary linebacker area. I mean, we, okay, what did he say about uh, Demo? Not that we haven't already said, he's a he's going to be one mm-hmm. of the, he's going to be one of the best linebackers in the Big 12. Uh, he, yeah, you know, eight tackles, sure. two tackles for loss. Great game for him. Dear God, when is Anthony Cook going to freaking graduate? <laughs> What's he going to get out of here? Man, did he, 
<laughs> At least he didn't go and try to change his number again, thinking, <laughs> thinking he wouldn't know who he was. He's keeping. Hey, it, hey, he's great. he's kept gonna, his number gonna, this time. Uh, we're gonna make another bet. Huh? Oh man. Do we want to? Do we want to do yeah, the Alabama it, game in it, or do you want to wait for after yeah, the Alabama the, game? Yeah. Just because that's such a who knows. Part of me wants to. Part of me wants to wait because after this Alabama game, I'll. I think we're gonna find out a lot about every right, individual well, player on this we will, team. And we will, we, can, we will table the the motion for Creighton Branch to get an Anthony Cook jersey if uh, the Longhorns go undefeated after the Alabama game. So uh, that is, I'll tell you what. Right now, you saying that I'm okay. Let's do it after the Alabama, Alabama game. Undefeated, undefeated season, season. Anthony Cook's jersey will be Creighton Branch's. Very nice. So that means one loss, Texas fans. If Texas goes with one loss this year, and that's the Alabama game. Okay, yeah, there we go. One. We got it. So overall, great game for the team. That's... And well, now we'll have to see what happens with Alabama. But before we get to Alabama, let's talk about recruiting. And we let's let's yeah. kind of be brief on this. But long story short, we got Arch. We got Arch. Ha <laughs> ha. I am already planning on buying his jersey once he signs pen to paper. But, oh man, the recruiting class looks really, really good for 2023. I'm incredibly excited to see how these guys come in. I think there is, as there usually is, um, with most high-profile recruiting classes and most uh texas recruiting class i do believe that there are guys that can come in and make immediate impacts literally as the fur as a freshman on their first day uh first day and then first game i think that there are plenty of dudes on this team and like i've mentioned before joe um what i love about the way steve sarkeesian is recruiting is i like I think it's really fan like it's a cool fancy thing to see like oh look at all the athletes we've gotten that are you know getting the best you know the dudes that run like two point you know two five forties like you know what I'm talking about like just like are just stupid athletic I think that that's cool and flashy but you get to a point where you're like oh we got all these dudes and they know how to like do a little bit of everything but we don't got anybody that really knows how to do like one position really well or we got to fill some holes when they really can't so. I think Steve has done a great job, especially in this in this next class, this twenty three class, of getting like plugging the holes where they need to be and getting guys that are going to specifically help issues that are needed to be you know addressed. I think that he has done that better than all the better than any of the past two coaching uh, yep. regimes, and I think that that's going to pay off huge when we start seeing it. Next year and the year after when we start getting into SEC Let's play, go through a quick like who's that. who. We got Arch, of course, from Isidore Newman. And shut up, he's playing the same talent that Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and Odell Beckham Jr. played. I don't want to hear another soul say he's not playing any talent. Because if it was good enough, if it was good what enough are you talking for about? and Odell Beckham Jr., it's good enough for Arch, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. He could be playing in podunk wherever the talent it's just a fact the talent this these days on any high school team is a hundred times better than it was back in the day that's just how it is because of technology and the way that people are learning the game and, and and the way they're able to practice and devote themselves it is a whole different thing now so i think that that is a wash of an argument you're absolutely right joe um 
Arch Manning, what a get, uh, just in general. Another 9-9 player. I mean, Quinn is a 1.0. The only other person we know that ever do that yep. is Vince Young. Arch is right below that, graded at a .9. Who's to say that's not going to go to a 1.0 right. by the time he gets there? Usually the rankings, I mean, the ratings for these recruits like will jump up um, right at the end of their senior year. And you could see the trickle effect yep, as you're about to get right. into some John of these other Tay names. Cook. I mean, literally John hours. Hours, hours yep. after John Tay him. Cook, uh, well, he, he was six days after, technically. But he was, he was our, basically, oh, basically yeah, shorter than that, my bad. you know, the week <laughs> after Arch committed, we got a crap ton of commits. Uh, so, John Tay Cook out of DeSoto, .98. Derek Williams, a five-star safety out of Louisiana, .98. Malik Muhammad's a four-star cornerback. Cedric Baxter's a four-star running back. Ooh, yeah, me, uh, Ryan Niblett, four-star receiver. Darian Gillette, four-star edge. Jaden Chapman, four-star inside. Is that uh, what's IOL? Linebacker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at. Where am I looking at? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sid- yeah. Sadir Mitchell, four-star defensive lineman. Jamel Johnson from Seguin High School. How about that, Seguin? Let's go. Hey-o. Good for y'all. Four-star four safety. <laughs> uh, North Crowley, a four-star linebacker. Man, they what what has happened since I left the area? Oh, my God. Okay, and then a four-star defensive lineman <laughs> from Houston. I mean, dude, this a lot of four-stars. A lot of four-stars. And then, I mean, three five-stars. This, this Right now, on according to Horns 24-7, overall rank is two. Composite rank is two and transfer ranks eighty five, but of course that could always change after this uh, this off season. I'll I'll tell you what, um, yeah, it could. Um, I mean, every, obviously the 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 thing here is Arch Manning, like that's the flash. It's huge get. I mean, it it could change the program's trajectory, literally for the next decade, um, and so could Quinn. Uh, Jonte uh, Cook, I've seen him play, man. That dude can fly. Uh, he's the reason him, honestly, him and uh, Trey Wisner are both uh, really focal reasons why DeSoto is like back to where they're supposed Like they are very, very good. Uh, the kid, though, I'm going to tell you this right now. The kid that I am most excited to see that almost every every time they play, I turn on their games because I want to see him play, um, especially like this year and a little bit of last year. Malik Muhammad, as we mentioned, from South Oak Cliff. Uh, Wow. This kid, get ready. When he gets on the 40 acres, this this dude's a stud. And everything that he does on that team, that's the reason they're as good as they are and they're as rated as high as they are. Even if they lost to Duncanville, Duncanville's an amazing team in their their own right. Uh, But there's a reason Duncanville only scored so many points for the first few quarters. Uh, Malik Muhammad is a big, big get. And I think it's a sneaky pick, uh, even though he's a four-star and he's rated at a 98. I think that he's got potential when he gets to Texas to be one of those guys like a, man, like, like a Kenny Vaccaro type guy. Just those dudes that uh, you don't have to worry about that are in that in that back of the field kind of thing. And they just get, the, you know, he's going to be talked about for a while. I think, and he's just, He's a, I mean, he's a rough rider, man. Like he's not afraid to get in the mess and get, you know. So, that's the guy I'm excited to see outside of Arch Manning. Definitely Malik Muhammad. All listeners right now, circle his name. I think you're going to see him 
make a huge impact. Yeah, when I think he gets you're gonna find he is a field. cut above the rest. So we talk recruits. Now, what are recruits doing right now? They're watching Texas football. They're trying to see how the team's gonna shape out, how they're gonna do this year, and possibly change their decisions. Well, big game coming up. I hope they don't. <laughs> big game coming up though. We got Alabama, number one, Alabama. Coming to the 40 acres to take on Texas. The first time these two teams have faced each other since Alabama was number one and Texas was number two back in 2010. And Longhorn fans, Longhorn bits, right. know what I'm talking about. Because I, if we want, excuse me, if you want to say that we're cursed, I can point you to the uh, occurrence that caused us to be <laughs> cursed. Because it happened. When Colt McCoy took a, took a nice little hit to the shoulder and, uh, quote, his arm turned into a noodle. And then we had to rely on Garrett Gilbert. A noodle, man. A noodle. And so... Who, by oh. the way, led us astray because he almost won that oh, freaking God, game. Oh, God, yes. Oh, and that was he, the biggest smokescreen I've ever seen in my life. He almost won the game, and then he blew it right at the... Well, he didn't blow it, but he almost won the game. He almost was able to pull it out and then Alabama did their thing yeah. right at the end yeah. and kind of made it un- you know achievable. We were like we were like, "Oh, we might got something here." And you're right. Biggest God smoke screen in UT uh, history. So, uh, coming into this game, the matchup predictor says Alabama 81% to Texas 18% at home. Ouch. Uh, oh, tickets as low as $15. That's a lie. Uh <laughs> that's a lie. That's cap. That's no. Nah. I've never even used that term, but that's see. Wait, straight up a lie. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. You keep talking. I'm gonna get on here and look. Let me see. Let me see. I bet it's the parking pass. If it's fifteen dollars, I'm flying you down pass. here, and we're going. Oh, Champions Club, row ninety-one. Whatever. Yeah, click on that. See where that's at. No, that's not that. No, I don't believe that at no, all. No, if that's the case, I'm getting a freaking flight. No. Yeah, there's yeah row row ninety one yeah, Champions Club. That it looks like it's outside of the stadium according to the map. <laughs> Is that that's got to be the part? That's the new that's the new uh, building where you know where they oh, built okay, that whole for, end yeah, zone side. That's got to be it. That's got to be yeah. that's got to be on the left corner. And I, part of me wants to believe that if you stand in that section that you're supposed to, that that one oh one that top section covers the field. That's got to be like it's got to be, be an obstructed view bucks? Heck no. for it to be that. Heck no! All right, so yeah. the the spread yeah. is twenty points. It's gone up. It went up from seventeen. Uh, over under sixty four and a half. Uh, we are plus nine hundred money line. Alabama's minus sixteen hundred. So uh, I'm gonna straight up say it. Uh, oh, I think this game's a lot closer than we oh. all are gonna think. And I. I I okay. think Texas wins by three. There it is. There it is. Yeah, no. Oh uh, my gosh. And here's here's the here's my reasoning. Remember we talked about Quinn Ewers, young quarterback, untested, unproven. Let me flash yep. you back, ladies and gentlemen, to 2016. 16? 16, 15. Oh, I think we have the same example. The Big Ten Championship game. Ohio State, Wisconsin. Oh, oh we no, have a we different, we have we a different example. Don't. That's okay. Ohio State, Wisconsin. A third no, stringer by the name of Cardell Jones plays. Uh, 
for the Ohio State Buckeyes, and they smoked the hell out of Wisconsin. Untested, unproven quarterback leads his team to victory. Now, was that defense amazing? Yeah, sure, okay, whatever. But, you know, they still had to score points. And so, I'm telling you, man, mm-hmm. I think yours is a wild card because they don't have that much footage on them. And they have a week to prepare. So, I think that's going to be a, a crucial thing. I also think Jatavion Sanders is going to be a huge thing. I've been seeing, uh, not reports, but people talking on Twitter and stuff about how Alabama and tight ends don't, don't align, apparently. They, they, have a tough, they have a tough time covering them for oh, some yeah? reason. They, they can slip back there. So, I think Jatavion Sanders, if he's able to slip open, I think, I think that's going to be a key because then they'll have to focus on him and that allows X to get wide open. That allows Whittington to get open. And so, I, I you know, I think I think the key is going to be Ewers is just inexperience. I know that sounds weird, but it's Ewers' is inexperience and Sanders' is, uh, just playmaking ability and the matchup he has with the Alabama defense. I think that's the big key for Texas on the offensive side of the ball. What, were you, what is your example for, for Ewers? Because I, I love your example because I, that was a big deal. Um the fact that 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 Cardell Jones, I mean, I, I mean that is a that that's a legendary uh, quarterback room. I think that's going to stay stay forever. That Ohio State quarterback room. That's a great example because I mean, literally out of nowhere, and look what those guys did um, one by one. So uh, my example uh, is going to come back to a little bit of. I, I hope y'all remember this one. We're coming back home. We're staying with Texas. It's 2017. The University of Southern California Trojans are ranked number four. That's the first time since the game that UT is going to Los Angeles to play the Trojans. Oh. We didn't know we didn't know what we had at quarterback yet, but we did know we had this true freshman that wore the number eleven. Yes, he yes, And his he name did. was Sam Ellinger. Yes, he was. And if I just remember correctly, even though we lost the game, Homeboy took us into overtime. He did? Out of which nobody expected and dang near almost won the thing. Because why? He didn't know any better. He didn't have experience. <laughs> he was like, let's just go play some ball. And that's where you found out the legend of Sam Ellinger. And I think that that is a great way to look at this game for Quinn Ewers. I mean... He didn't know any better. He's okay. Let's be honest, though. Like, think about it. Sam. Is, Sam was the same way too. These guys have played in pretty high-profile games uh, in their high school, whether it be Westlake or Southlake Carroll. Uh, Quinn Ewers is no stranger to the spotlight, especially his spotlight that was as big as anybody's has been in the last 15 years. Um, every media outlet, every Texas sports football outlet. I mean. I can I can't ESPN for crying out loud. Everybody was all eyes on Quinn Ewers during his last like full playing year of uh, Southlake uh, because it was between us and Ohio State and he kept everybody on the rocks kind of thing. And so he's no stranger to this this spotlight and playing in front of I mean it's a hundred thousand people, but even playing in Jerry World for fifty thousand, sixty thousand people uh, for a state championship game, he 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 knows what stuff like this is about, and I think that. I think that his experience, like you said, Joe, is an, um, that's a great example 
that Y Quinures can be the, I guess, the deciding factor. Honestly, I mean, he's gonna go out there and just play. He's gonna, and he's honestly, he's gonna have. Let me look at Alabama's schedule. Um, I'm looking here. While you're while you're looking, AJ hey, Jefferson go Jefferson's good. Oh, okay, you can go. Oh, uh, I was gonna say another key is probably gonna be the offensive line and defensive line. Can we get pressure on Alabama? Because Utah State didn't do too terrible, honestly, against uh, against Alabama. I can't remember what line it was. Was it the offense? Yeah, it's just too bad they didn't score. Yeah, well, that well that's because it's Utah State. They have a quarterback like Quinn Ewers and weapons like X and Whittington and. Sanders, I think they do score some points there, but I think uh, I think the Alabama lines, unless they weren't showing mm-hmm. anything, I think that they're you know they're good. They're number one for a reason, and people are saying this is Saban's best team. But they say that like every year, so I don't get that. They do say uh, that and, every year, and I think I think the lines are going to be crucial. If we can control the line of scrimmage, I think uh, we're sitting very very pretty. So, and you were saying about uh, Alabama here. Yeah, so I look at Alabama's schedule. And Arkansas, um, I mean, Jefferson's great. KJ is really a really good player. Uh, I think that he's going to have promise. I, as much as I, it's funny, I, I don't like Texas A&M. We know that at all. But I, 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 I do like Haynes King. Um, he's from Longview. He played really. I mean, I've I, I've watched him throughout his Longview career, but I'm be honest with you, he's got a lot of work to do. Um, and there's really after that, I mean, there's no other like really like high profile quarterbacks that I'm too fond of. And so my whole point of that is, I'm not quite sure that Alabama is going to go toe to toe for the rest of the year with the more naturally gifted quarterback outside of you know, out, other than like Bryce Young, who is their quarterback that can, that, that sizes up to him as naturally gifted as Quinn Ewers is. Um, I don't see it. So when you, I mean, you can make an argument, Joe, I'm just saying, just, this is, this is not just, it's not just me being a Longhorn fan. I'm just looking at the Alabama schedule. Yeah. Could this be the most, Oh man, Arkansas is great. I get it. I don't think I don't think A and M well, personally well, well, last year is as A&M, good as people last think. Last year A and M beat them. And Florida, well, I got that. Florida, then, then what did they do? A lot of people do? are bringing up Florida. I, I, I don't know if it's That's Florida fair. last year or Florida the year before, but getting them in a shootout and then barely losing, but getting them in a shootout. And I think if Texas can get Alabama in a shootout, I think we are sitting pretty favorably, honestly. So if I look at the schedule of Alabama. And let's go ahead and say, I mean, Texas A&M, honestly, if you watch the game, I actually ended up having to watch the whole thing. Wasn't too impressed. Um, I think you can make an argument, Joe, that this is the most talently gifted team that Alabama's going to probably play this year. I think. I mean. I think so. I look at the schedule and I think I think Texas got better athletes across than Auburn does. I know that they got more than Austin P. Uh, what is it, Austin P? What what's their what's their college? Austin P. It's like in Tennessee. I don't even know what their mascot Thank you. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think old. I think we got more talent than Ole Miss, top yep. to bottom. Uh, LSU clearly we have better talent than they do. Um, even our kickers are better than they. Uh, you know, and I thought our kicking team was bad. Mississippi State, uh, Tennessee. 
Uh, like the only thing that I could think of is maybe Arkansas, and I don't really believe in A and M from what I saw. Like this is arguably like Texas. I mean, at least if it's not the best, it's probably it's top three. This can be top three offense. I mean, talent all around, talented, gifted team, the most talentedly gifted team that Alabama is going to face this year. And I think there's something to say about that uh, in the regular season. That is, if Alabama goes and plays Georgia, and obviously that's different. But yeah, I think that that's going to be interesting to see how Alabama responds to. You know, somebody that can like throw the ball like Quinn Ewers can, and someone that can catch and run the ball like Xavier Worthy, and somebody that can. It's gonna be fun to see what Bijan Robinson can do, uh, in the trenches, man. To see if Alabama can contain him or not. Like that's going to be a fun thing to watch because if they can't, I think the whole game plan opens up. Then I think it changes everything mm-hmm. if Bijan Robinson's able to get a hundred and twenty yards. No, hundred percent. I agree with you there. So, all right, let's time for predictions. Time for predictions, Creighton. What do you got? Dude, I don't know. Like, I, like part of me wants to – I mean, I'll, okay, I'm going to obviously give one. I'm just – let me think – like, thinking this through. Like, man, it, this is when – they, when they signed this matchup, I'm not quite sure well, – that had to have been, what, seven years ago, eight years ago, something like that. When they signed this matchup, I'm not saying they thought Texas was going to be Texas, but, man, this is – Am I fair to say that te- this Texas Longhorn team, even though they're very gifted, they're very, very young at the same time, all around? Yeah, I would say they right. Are young. Okay, so I don't like an Alabama's team right now. It just feels like they've got like they just got like seniors all over the place, which is not usually how it is. Usually it's sophomores and juniors. Um, mostly everybody else has already gone on in the NFL, but it seems like these guys got some really experienced dudes, and so that is what's troubling me right now. But Oh, man. You know what? Let's have some oh. fun. Oh. Fuck them, baby. Oh. Let's do it. I'm going to go Quinn Ewers, Bijan Robinson, have a game of their life. Bijan runs over 100 yards. Quinn Ewers does what he does like he did in Monroe. Over 220 yards, 16 for 24, somewhere around that 70% uh, completion rating. He gets a few. He gets three or four touchdowns. It's a battle till the end. Uh, the line is what sixty four and a half, and the over under that is. Um, I think that there's going to be some ball slinging. I think that there's going to be a lot of points scored. And I think it's going to be one of those toe to toe back and forth games. And you know what? Spit it out. <laughs> I just I, I I just think being at home, being at home, somebody is going to get the juice in them to make one key play at the very end. And Texas is going to bring down the number one ranked team in the nation, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I'm going high, Joe. I'm going 42-38. There it is, 42-38, Texas. Now, uh, you're going to want to listen to this, folks. I got this all played out here. The last time these two teams played each other was 2010 in the Rose Bowl in the national championship game. Our hero, Colt McCoy, was taken down prematurely, and we lost the game. I still say we would have won if he had played the whole game, but I digress. This Saturday at Darrell K. Royal Memorial Stadium, the Texas Longhorns will put the ghost to bed. And our Minister of Culture said it best in a movie I'm sure you all have seen. Listen to him. 
want to talk about our opponent this afternoon. They're bigger, faster, stronger, more experienced. And on paper, they're just better. And they know it, too. But I want to tell you something that they don't know. They don't know your heart. I do. I've seen it. You have shown it to me. You have shown this coaching staff, your teammates. You have shown yourselves just exactly who you are in here. When you take that field today, you've got to lay that heart on the line, man. From the soles of your feet, with every ounce of blood you've got in your body, lay it on the line until the final whistle blows. And if you do that, if you do that, we cannot lose. You understand me? How you play today from this moment on is how you will be remembered. This is your opportunity to rise from these ashes and grab glory. Funerals in today. That's right, baby. The funerals end today. Texas 48. Alabama, 45. I love that score. I like that score. Almost 50 points of field goal difference. I think that that... I'm glad we both went high. I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be one of those uh, games. I think... Usually, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this much. When Texas has a high-profile game, more times than not, these guys always show up. They always show up and put on a show. Um, We don't always win it, but they put on a show. Whether it be LSU... Uh, the famous Joe Testator game, Notre Dame. Uh, oh God! <laughs> if if we win and someone says that, I swear to God, I'm gonna go find them and just oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> that game, um, oh, man, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Just a bunch of oh Ohio State back in the day. Uh, you know we we always we always show up to play, and I think that whoever watches this game uh is a you know what that it is at 11 a.m., but it is what it is. And so I think, uh, but it will be fun. If you think about this, Joe, here's a caveat, glass half full. If it's going to be as offensively, uh, uh, what's the word? Like offensively uh, dominant of a game as we think it's going to be, <laughs> uh, what the Joe Clatt, and Gus Johnson are going to have a filled day on the microphones. And that is something I am looking forward to. That will uh, be very fun. That will be very fun. And you know what? I lo- Joe Klatt is a... for Even for coming from Colorado, that man is a... I do believe he is a believer in Texas. I think that he really believes in how Texas is trying to change their program. And Steve Sarkeesian, obviously. And I think that he... I mean, I've heard him talk about Quinn Ewers. I know that he thinks the kid's awesome. So I'll be excited to hear his analysis throughout the game. And then Gus Johnson does what Gus Johnson does. Um, another point that I want to point out, I just think it's funny. We it, it, This is just how bad that comment was that you can always revisit it. I know it, it's like beating a dead horse, but it just needs to be said. Um, when tech, when, when a certain somebody said that Texas was irrelevant, I just find that – mm. I still find that funny because – 
Fox paid the highest bid for any game this year, and it was ours. They wanted it at an 11 a.m. noon kick, their primetime slot. They got it. Not only that, College Game Day is coming back to Austin, Texas. Again. 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 So, also, not only is Fox doing big noon kickoff, they're doing their pre-show there with Reggie and the gang. So, on one side of the stadium, you will have Fox. On the other side of the stadium, you will have ESPN. And you will have Justin, Justin, Gus and Joe in the booth for the most high-profile game on Fox's schedule this year. And also, Joe, NBC, the Today Show, has reached out to the University of Texas and has asked to be at the game. So you tell me, in what world, we are one of... Let's just say it. We have sucked the past few years, okay? Outside of winning a Sugar Bowl. And they still can't get enough of us, baby. So get you some of that. Get you get some you of that. Get you some of that, Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> I oh, love this. Man. And I think that All this is right. going to, I wish I could be at this game, Joe, and I wish you could too. Anybody that's got a ticket, please do not. Don't sell it. Don't try to make a profit off of it. Money will always come and go experience this this will be it'll be and it's it was the same way with notre dame and usc joe the second year is never as good as the first even though usc came to texas secondly it was not as good as the usc game we beat them which was nice but the, the first game you know was so awesome and that first notre dame game also was amazing even though they both hoodwinked us notre dame and ut and the second game that they played the year after was kind of whatever. And so <laughs> yeah. if you have a ticket, yeah, if you have a ticket, go. Just do yourself a favor and go. It'll be the loudest that the stadium probably will ever be this year and has definitely it'll definitely be the loudest it's been since uh that Notre Dame game which was just uh man, that would have been a fun fun one to go to too. But go. Don't scalp the tickets. And also uh Students as well. If you can, if you bought your big ticket, if you bought your big ticket, this is why you spend the money. Go wait outside for three hours. It's going to be a long line. Don't get there late. You need to get in that student section. I am excited for this game, Joe. This is why we pay the big bucks at a university like this uh, to get these games and get these guys on our land. And man, good luck, Bryce Young. I'm gonna start some trash talk. All right, here you are. Creighton, Creighton, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. Okay. So, you heard it here first, folks. We think Texas pulls off the upset this Saturday. We'll be back next week, of course, with the results of this matchup. Hopefully, it's good news and we aren't licking our wounds, as a certain coach used to say. So, uh, yeah, Creighton, final thoughts. Anything real quick? Uh, I think Quinn Ewers is the man. I think that you mentioned earlier about uh, – our hero from the last Alabama game, I think that Quinn Ewers is kind of like the Dark Knight. He's the hero we need, but not the one we deserve because we have sucked for so long that we probably don't deserve him coming to Texas, but he's the one that we needed, maybe to save the day. And I think that if anybody's going to get it done, it's got to be with somebody's talent. This is this is why we are begging so hard for Quinn to get here because these are the games we believe he can win and I'm excited for and this, honestly, you can look at the Monroe game. There's a lot of great things to look at that. But Texas fans, this is the first game of the season. 
this will be the game that you just you you will be able to tell where the weaknesses and where the strengths are. Alabama will expose, but also have troubles with parts of Texas's game, and man, get a All little right. bit of that magic up in the forty acres on Saturday. I'm gonna be up at like eight a.m. Joe, like this is going <laughs> to be an ordeal. There you I go. I am excited. Um, Man, yeah. I say really quick, and you just keep going. You keep just keep going. It's just that good. It's just that good of a game. I mean, I want to hear your final thoughts. I mean, oh, is this I mean, not the is this not the biggest game we've had in at least no, six, seven years since Notre Dame came? This is the biggest game in, in quite some time. Probably since that uh, USC game. Probably since that USC game, twenty seventeen. Uh, yeah. So, I, like you said, I think it's going to be one or loss with Quinn Ewers. I think it's also going to be one one or loss on the trenches. And yeah, definitely. If you have a ticket, go to the game. Why not? I mean, come on. Uh, I'd kill to go to a game. Yeah. I'd go to that game, but I can't afford it. So, and I don't want to kill anybody. So, uh, we'll rise from the see. ashes, Joe. Rise from the ashes. The funerals end today. We will see you next week. Always remember the ashes of Texas are upon you. And hope.